0: The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to episode 48 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. Happy New Year! As 2020 was winding down, I saw a lot of focus on getting to 2021. I don't know about you, I feel like January 1st felt a little bit like the last few months. I think it's going to be a while before we get back to that quote-unquote normal. But that's not really new for those who have navigated a cancer story, either as a patient, survivor, or close supporter of a survivor. We definitely know how to navigate that new normal, and I think when we get back to that place, things are going to look a little different than how they looked before. Nonetheless, this time of year creates a lot of focus on resolutions and making changes and planning for what's ahead in the new year. Some of the most common resolutions are exercise more or lose weight, get organized get a new hobby or new skill, save more money, spend less money, spend more time with family and friends, travel more, read more, basically live life to the fullest. Over the years, I've seen different statistics on the success of resolutions. On average, 56% of Americans actually make resolutions. And of those resolutions declared on January 1st, 80% have usually fallen by the wayside by the end of the month. The most consistent number I've seen is that about 8% of all those resolutions are successfully completed. I saw a reference as I was working on this week's episode to a journal of clinical psychology article from 2002 compared two very small groups of people: those who made resolutions and those who did not. It was a total of about 300 people, split almost evenly between the groups. The bottom line was: the 46% of those who set resolutions reported that they were successful, while only 4% of the non-resolution makers reported that they were successful in making any of the positive changes that they were wanting to make. You know, I am a big fan of understanding the context of research. And in this case, let me give you some context. All the participants were followed for six months. Their demographics were not specified other than to say both groups looked similar to one another. Here's the big takeaway from all the results. They were based on self-reporting. So take the 46% success rate with a grain of salt and applaud the 4% who had no specific things they were focused on, yet they made some progress anyway. Really, a broken clock that has hands is right twice a day. And I'm feeling a little old having to specify that the clock has hands, but my niece and nephews might look at me funny, um, wanting to know why my clock doesn't have digital numbers on it. So let's hypothesize for a moment about that 46% from the study and why they may have been so incredibly successful. First, their goals were likely specific and therefore could be measured. Second, those goals were probably meaningful to the person who was making the resolution. And third, in order to make progress for their check in reporting, they likely had a plan to get from point A to point B. And fourth, there was check in reporting. They told people what their goals were, in this case, the researchers, and then those researchers held them accountable to achieving those goals by setting regular check-ins. So finally, by nature of the fact that the study ended after six months, the goals were time-bound. In order to be, you know, get the gold star and get the sticker saying they were successful, they were driving toward an end date. So essentially creating SMART goals Goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, or achievable, realistic or relevant, specifically to you, and goals that are time-bound. Those are what we call SMART goals. And this is how we create potentially successful goals. So how we state our goals is really what makes them a goal and not a wish. If I say, I'm going to exercise more or I really want to lose weight. Those are wishes. In order for our wishes to become real-world goals, we have to make them something a bit more specific. I'm going to exercise three days a week for 30 minutes, and exercise means move my body for a minimum of 30 minutes at one time on those days. Or using the weight loss example, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by increasing the nutritious food I eat, limit junk food, and move for 20 minutes every day. And then give yourself a date by which you would like to hit that number. And make sure that it's realistic. So even when we create SMART goals, if we put the paper we wrote them on in a drawer, or that electronic file is never to be opened or looked at again, You just spent some time creating some really elaborate wishes. Just like a garden, we have to tend to the things that we want to create. And even if that tending looks like taking stock of where we are for just a few minutes every day, Or if we have a few goals we're working on, maybe we only look at that goal once a week and say, did I work on that goal? Or do I need to put some focus on that goal? Or do I even care about this goal? Sometimes we don't. What we think that we want today could change, and that's okay. One of my favorite quotes is from Dan Millman in his book, The Laws of Spirit. And the quote goes like this. We are both burdened and blessed by the great responsibility of free will, the power of choice. Our future is determined, in large part, by the choices we make now. We cannot always control our circumstances, but we can and do choose our response to whatever arises. Reclaiming the power of choice, we find the courage to live fully in the world. And I really especially love that part about reclaiming the power of choice to live fully in the world. I think that comes up a lot in a cancer story when we are choosing to find happiness in every day or to find joy, even when we're not feeling particularly fabulous or when we might be scared or just... Things feel as though they're out of control and very unknown. Just choosing to come from a place of hope is fantastic. It's a great use of being able to reclaim that power of choice and really live fully in the world. January 1st has become this almost magical day for beginning again. And really, every day is an opportunity to begin again, or make different choices, or adjust, make adjustments to the choices that we had made previously. January 1st is just a new year in one calendar that we choose to follow. There are several other new years celebrated around the world by many different cultures. February 12th is the start of the Lunar New Year more commonly referred to as Chinese New Year. Uh, and 2021 is the Year of the Ox. Rosh Hashanah begins on September 6th that marks the Jewish New Year. And Diwali, the Festival of Lights, begins on November 4th. Really, resolutions are just the choice to create change in your world. And you can start any day you decide. And you can make changes to them any day that you decide. Denise Manos talked about this a few weeks ago when she shared her cancer story and her perspective of making friends with everything, assessing where you are today, and taking action each day in support of what you want from that day, and that is really great advice for everyone to follow. When you look at the areas that people choose to create resolutions, they really span the spectrum of areas of well-being. Physical, financial, social, mental, purposeful, and emotional. In my Surviving is Just the Beginning Facebook group, each day there's a prompt and service to one of the different components of well-being to help bring awareness to that area just for a few minutes each week. So on Mondays, we chat about physical well-being. Exercise, food, sleep, hydration, all the things about our physical safety and well-being. Then we look at financial well-being, and this encompasses time, talent, and treasure. How we're spending or investing our time. Our talents contribute to our ability to earn treasure and support others, and our treasure can be used in many ways to foster well-being. If we have challenges in these areas, our overall well-being might be in jeopardy. Now, the next day we focus on social well-being, and this has been a really tough one in 2020, and will probably continue to be for a few more months. Checking in with this area and asking, what do I need to support my social well-being this week, can really help us know... When to step away from the endless Zoom meetings and maybe have a socially distanced in person coffee with a friend on your patio, or meet for a walk in a local park, or maybe you just take an evening off to not connect with anyone and to reconnect to yourself. And that may be a great way to foster your overall social well being if you're feeling like you have a little bit of. Connection overload. Next, we talk about mental well being. And if the other areas of well being are getting out of balance for extended periods of time, this could be taking a huge hit. When we take the time to tend our mental well being, we can really start to improve it. One of the biggest challenges with this particular area is that often it's an area where we're unaware of how we're struggling. And by shining a light on it and giving some attention to it each week, we can bring more awareness and then take action on the things that we uncover. The next area of well-being is our purpose well-being. And this one's especially interesting because when we're living in our purpose, we can feel really great and be super focused. But if our purpose well-being gets out of balance for too long, it can burn through all the other areas of well-being and leave us feeling burnout. And that thing that we love, well, we maybe love it a little less and have other well-being challenges in other areas because this purpose well-being has been burning so hot. So finally, we have our emotional well-being. And one of the challenges of social media is that idea that everything is perfect. And really, life is messy. And sometimes the messiest challenges that make us work through the most difficult emotions leave us with the biggest discoveries and the most opportunity for growth. The challenge is that we have to work through those tough parts and make it out the other side in order for that learning and discovery to happen. All these areas combine together to create our overall well-being. And on any given day, one or more may be a little out of balance. And that's normal. That's totally okay. Maybe we have a deadline and we spend a little more time in our purpose or financial well-being areas, and our physical well-being and social well-being take a hit. As cancer survivors or someone with a significant role in a cancer story, we process diagnoses, navigate treatments, face the ongoing challenges of re-emerging back into the world, And often we find we're making different choices as we reclaim our power. When we find what our balance looks like, we can create new goals that are aligned with what is most important to us, not just exercise more because in a normal year, we gained a few pounds during the holiday season from a little too many cookies and a little too much eggnog. So what do your goals look like today? I'll share a couple of mine for 2021. First, I'm getting on my yoga mat every day in 2021. And I set a goal of doing 2,021 sun salutations, which is really just five or so per day. As part of time on my mat, I'm also adding meditating for five minutes every day. At least five minutes. This is a big challenge area for me. so starting achievable. My book will be published this year. It's in its final edits. So stay tuned for some updates on that. And finally, I have a goal to interview 50 people about their cancer story in 2021. Sharing stories is why I started this podcast in the beginning. I learn something new from every guest I talk with. And the more stories we share, the more we see ourselves in our own story, in aspects of someone else's story. And the more we know we're not alone, the more we're able to ask for support. And asking for support gets a little bit easier. In the world of speaking, there's a concept of telling a story from the place of a wound or scar. In the case of a wound, the situation is fresh. You may be still in the middle of it, and there are a lot of unresolved challenges. In the case of the scar, you may still have some new things rising up. Let's face it, this journey is ever-evolving. For the most part, you've worked through the emotions And you have some silver linings to share. If you'd like to share your story on the podcast, think about your silver linings and then come on over to Surviving is Just the Beginning Facebook group and fill out the pinned post about being a guest on the show. If you're not already a member, answer the couple short questions to be admitted to the private group or go to the podcast webpage at unspokencancertruths.com and at the bottom of the podcast homepage, click apply to be a guest remember if you want to schedule some time to connect with me or maybe you need some support transforming your wishes into goals for 2021 look for the coffee chat link to book some time on my calendar that concludes this week's episode thanks for listening and happy new year